Hi, this is Marian Samuel from the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse in Antigua. Every Wednesday at 12.30 p.m., we interview a guest about real-life issues from the Caribbean. Welcome to Lighthouse Conversations, a time to explore the issues surrounding your everyday existence, your family, your community, your environment, your health and safety habits, your lifestyle, both physically and spiritually, will all be discussed here on Lighthouse Conversations. Let's get started and see just what we can learn to better your life. Welcome to another episode of Lighthouse Conversation. And today we are reminding you, listener, that preparation is the key to many, if not all, situations and circumstances life sends our way. With me is Mrs. Francis from the National Office of Disaster Services in Antigua and Barbuda. Today, Mrs. Francis is here to inform us on preparation and precaution because knowing what to do makes all the difference. Mrs. Francis, welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, refresh our listeners on who you are and your responsibility at the National Office of Disaster Services in Antigua. Okay, my name is Mitzi Francis. I am the public relations officer at NADS. My role basically entails um, bringing, bringing awareness to disaster management in Antigua and Barbuda, promoting the plans and programs of NADS, um, basically educating individuals on what the functions of NADS are. Okay, thank you so much. Now, hurricane season once again is here. Not mm-hmm. a statement many wants to hear, like myself. But we yes. realize it is a part of nature and we have to live and deal with this disaster. And that's when NODS, your department, comes in so as to prepare us for such adversity, if I am correct in saying so. Yes. Okay. Now, before <laughs> the hurricane season officially gets underway, what are some things NODS put into place to assist communities or the country as a whole? Okay, some of the things we do, um, there are 17 districts in Antigua and Barbuda, disaster districts, Mm -hmm. and we have individuals who are named as district disaster coordinators, and they are responsible for anything relating to disaster in the different districts. Now, we would be meeting with them at the beginning of the year to get a feel of some of the issues that they would have faced in the different communities and uh, what are some of the areas that need to be addressed. It might be a situation where a community is known for flooding and then we will have to arrange for the relevant agency from the Ministry of Health to ensure that whatever drainage that might be causing the problem is cleaned and uh, whatever issues that they would have to be addressed that we organize, we coordinate for that agency to get the job done. So we'd have meetings with our district disaster coordinators and they would outline their different issues that they face. Uh, Some of the issues that might arise in relation to shelters, 
because each district also has shelters available each year for the hurricane season. So we would have a listing of the shelters if those shelters need retrofitting in some area or in some aspects, we would have to arrange for that to be done. There would also be meetings with a number of subcommittees that we have established. In the national plan, there are a number of subcommittees. I'm not sure of the, the number right now. Okay. But we have subcommittees. One would deal with public information. So we would have the representatives from media houses throughout the island that would be part of that. We have another that's related to that deals with relief distribution. We have one that deals with telecommunications. So we'd also meet with the telecommunication companies. Um, there's one that deals with road clearance and so forth. So we would also meet with those subcommittees to to bring to the fore issues that they have faced in the past and to see how they have been preparing for the hurricane season. Also, we do quite a bit of training with regards to the communities. We have groups of individuals who would be trained in what we call community emergency response. And there will be teams that are set aside. They're trained in basic first aid, basic map reading, um, basic search and rescue, so that in the eventuality something happens in a particular community, they would be the basically the first responders in case other agencies might not be able to make it at a particular time. So they would be the first responders at that time. Also, we try to work along with the different government agencies or gov government departments, ministries. We have each ministry have, has what we call a disaster management liaison officer. So that person will be responsible for ensuring that the ministry, their respective ministry, has their disaster management plan in place. Now, take, for instance, the Ministry of Social Transformation. We have quite a number of departments. So you'd have the gender affairs, you'd have youth affairs, you'd have the ministry headquarters. So we would ask that laser officer to get representatives from each department, and then you would establish your disaster management plan, which would cover all the hazards that we're vulnerable to, earthquakes, hurricanes, tsunamis, and so forth. Mm -hmm. We had a meeting with the laser officers earlier this year and we had given them uh, a deadline of June, the end of May, to get at least a draft in place as to what they have been working on with relation to their disaster management plan. We've actually gotten some feedback from some. Um, quite a number of them are still outstanding, but those are some of the things we try to do before the hurricane season starts. Okay, thank you so much. Now, for some of the things mentioned above, is it too late for persons to get involved or trained? No, it's not. Okay. We try to do all year round training. But one of the things we encourage individuals to do is to volunteer with the District Disaster Committee. These would be the, the District Disaster Coordinators would be responsible for the committee. So you'd have to know who your coordinator is and you get to that person and you make mention of what area you're interested in and then we will get you the training that you would need to get you involved. 
Who are some of the institutions or agencies NUDS work alongside to assist the country during hurricanes or just disasters in general? Okay. Now, NALS is known as the coordinating agency, so we have to ensure that we coordinate all aspects of the disaster management program, um, preparedness, response, mitigation, and recovery. So we would have to work with agencies like the Antigua and Barbuda Fire Department. They are the lead agency with regards to search and rescue. We coordinate with also with the police department, we have the Antigua and Barbuda Red Cross. There's the Ministry of Health, which would include the Central Board of Health, the National Solid Waste Management Authority. Um, also, Mount St. John's Medical Center is involved there. And then we would have the Antigua and Barbuda Defense Force, both the Defense Force and the Coast Guard. The Antigua Public Utilities Authority as the public utilities supplier. So we have to really work closely with them. There's also the Met Office. With regards to hurricane preparedness, we, information is transferred regularly, so we would keep in close contact with the Met Office. If there is a threat, they would notify us, they would keep us informed, so that we, in turn, can inform members of the public. And there are other agencies that we would have to work with, uh, I can think of the St. Vincent de Paul. They're, they're sometimes involved in relief distribution. Agencies that sometimes you might not be working with them throughout the year, but we would have to get them involved okay. in terms of um, assisting in other areas, like the Salvation Army. They played a major role in following the devastation in Barbuda after Hurricane Irma. Mm -hmm. Yes. So even the private sector and so forth, we would have to coordinate efforts with. Thank you for joining us on Lighthouse Conversation. I am speaking with Mrs. Francis from the National Office of Disaster Services here in Antigua. And we are speaking a little bit on preparation and precaution during our hurricane season. Is there an official place in the different communities where individuals could go and see where the shelters are located before the appointed time? And if yes, who could they call to get this information? Okay. NODS would be responsible for publishing the list of the shelters. Okay. And the shelters are assessed um, by the Ministry of Works. So the Ministry of Works would visit these shelters, ensure that they are suitable in terms of structural integrity, um, the space available, and so forth. So assessments are made of those shelters, and then they will notify us as to when the assessments are complete, and they will give us the list that would be confirmed as the shelters. Um, we usually distribute that list to the police department, the the different agencies that we work with that I mm -hmm. mentioned before. Yes. And uh, we also publish those lists in the media, the okay. print, print media. If um, We might not have any print media at this time, but the electronic media houses, those that, those that have, that, have um, that utilize the Internet, we would distribute the list to them 
the radio and TV stations, all the media houses that, that we have in Antigua and Barbuda. And uh, we also have a Facebook page that we would publish that list on. And we also try to encourage the police department to have the list in the different police stations. And then you'd have like the clinics and so forth that we also encourage the Ministry of Health to have that list published. Okay, um, so would you say this would be like a, a good time? Let's say, for instance, somebody know. Okay, hey, my home is not safe. You know, during for a hurricane, or really maybe like a category three or two. Not saying that mm-hmm. we will have such a thing, but mm-hmm. um, just in case. And they said, you know what? I have to prepare myself now to see which um, shelter in my community actually would be safe for me to go to. Would it be possible for them to go right now, maybe to the police station or even? call nods or maybe visit your site just to see where they could go or you would not it's kind of too early for that it's not too early we have already received the list for this year okay and um, we're in the process of publishing it i believe by the time this program might be aired and the list would be available in the public arena okay and um i know the the state-owned media abs television they have also assisted in broadcasting that list as often as possible. So you'd also have, in in addition to the list, you'd also have the names of the respective district disaster coordinators mm-hmm. and their contact information. So the list would involve the, the name of the coordinator, their cell number, email address, and then the shelters for that particular district. How serious should one treat an evacuation warning by the Met Office? And what role will NODS play in this grave cautioning or alert? Okay, as I mentioned earlier also, we work closely along with the Met Office. So if there is a threat, they would notify us um, initially, and they will keep us informed as to what changes have, have taken place. So... When evacuation orders are made, it's, it's important that we follow those orders or that order. There is a list of areas in Antigua and Barbuda that are known to be flood-prone. So we would know exactly what those areas are, which we also try to publish. And uh, we try to warn individuals that, that they should evacuate. There, there would be a particular time when we would tell them that they would have to evacuate from their respective homes. And it's very important that they follow that warning because there are situations where you might not evacuate and then there might be heavy flooding in your area and then you might be, um, you might be stuck yep. in that area. And sometimes we have to call persons to respond or to to save someone who might need saving, who might who might need to move from a particular area. And then they now would might be putting themselves those would be the responding agencies. They might be putting themselves in harm's way. So it's important that once you know that your area is flood prone, um or even though it's not flood-prone and you've gotten a warning from the Met Office or whoever, that it's important that you follow that directive so that persons can be kept safe. 
Okay. During the process of preparing home and property for a hurricane, what do you want persons to keep in mind? Maybe give us like four or five really important tips for survival. Okay. One of the things we encourage individuals to do is to have their emergency kit in place. Now, this kit is going to include things like water. If you're going to evacuate, or even if you're not evacuating and you might be staying at home, you still have this kit in case anything happens and you have to leave immediately. You just take that kit up and you go. So that's going to have water. It's going to have food, non-perishable food, like um, canned foods, things that you can open and eat right away. You'd also have medication. If there's someone in the family or you using medication, you'd have adequate medication to keep you going. You would also have, say, a battery-operated radio. Or if not a battery-operated, if you have to charge that radio or whatever, you make sure that radio is charged. You have a searchlight. If you need extra batteries, you have your extra batteries. If you have money available, make sure you have cash. And you're also going to walk with the important documents, like the passport, the title deed, birth certificate. Make sure you have them in waterproof bags or some sort of waterproof container. Um, if you have a child or a baby, you would need the supplies for that child, like pampers, baby food, um, clothing, those things that you would need to keep you for a couple of days. Now, if you're going to a shelter, you're going to also have to walk with these things because the shelter does not provide these things. And then you're going to have to have something to sleep on. Let's say, for instance, a blanket or sheets or a sleeping bag. You walk with those to the shelter. Um, so you're going to have that kit in place. Now, you're going to ensure that your house is in order. If you have to board up, if you have shutters in place, that's fine. If you have to board up, make sure you get those, that, those board, boards beforehand because usually when there is a threat, you'd have quite a number of people at the store lining up and then the lumber might run out and so forth. So it's good to have those on hand to secure your house. Um, and then you're going to be ensuring that you trim the overhanging trees those branches that are overhanging your house. You make sure you trim them. Anything that might be outside that can function as missiles, you make sure that you secure them. Those things that need to be taken inside or tied down or whatever, you make sure that that is done. Basically, um, you're putting every, making every preparation in case anything might happen so that your house is secured and then you can also play a part in ensuring that your neighbor's house is kept safe from any missile. Wonderful. You're listening to Lighthouse Conversation on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. Thank you so much for staying with us. I am speaking with Mrs. Francis from the National Office of Disaster Services here in Antigua. Okay, now we have heard time after time, wait until an all-clear signal has been given before venturing out for you, of your homes, but there are some civilians or persons who will insist that they will not take heed to this warning and venture out on a sightseeing spree. Now, what advice would you give to such a person? 
Okay. We always want to encourage individuals that you make sure that you have gotten the all clear from the relevant authorities to venture outside because it's important that they know when it is safe to do so. Um, you might run the risk of being injured in some way. Um, a lot of times we see individuals, let's say, for instance, there has been a flood and the water is still on the, the roads or wherever they are. And then you'll have persons walking in that water. You don't know what is in that water. It could be contaminated with um, waste or something. Or there might be something that can injure you. So it's always very important to make sure that you have the all clear from the relevant authorities, which might be the police, to give you that indication as to when it's safe to go outside. A lot of people want to use that opportunity, as you mentioned, to go sightseeing. But um, it's not wise to do so. Always ensure that it, it is safe to venture outside before doing so. After a hurricane, who should a person or a family who has been devastated look to for assistance? Is it NUDS or elsewhere? And share some of those places where they can go to for aid or for support. Okay. Now, the coordinating agency is NUDS. So if you have damage to your property or you need some sort of assistance, you would have to go to the district disaster coordinator for that district. Now, they are representing NUDS, so then they will act on behalf of NUDS, and then the information is garnered from them as to who would need the assistance. Uh, NUDS works with, if it's a situation where um, you would need help from Red Cross or whoever, we can also coordinate that assistance for you. So the official agency to get assistance from is NODS through your district disaster coordinator. Because what has to happen if, for instance, your property has been damaged, an assessment has to be made by that district disaster committee before any assistance is given. So you have to work through the district disaster coordinator, which represents NODS. Okay. Now, um, for someone who wants to get in touch with Knots, could you give us some in contact information? Sure. Mm -hmm. Our telephone number here is 462-4206. And we can be contacted also via email. It's Nods, a n o d s a n u at Gmail. Our email address again, Nods. ANU at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, www.facebook.com, Nods Antigua Barbuda. And we try to keep that page updated as possible, as much as possible. Okay. Is there anything that I may have failed to ask or mention that you believe the public needs to be aware of that Nods is responsible for? Yes, there's one other thing that we've been promoting mm -hmm. quite recently. We are working on getting a, an early warning system. It's called CAP, Common Alerting Protocol, mm. and that is, that is used via your, can use it via your cell phone, your smartphone, or email. Um, we have done some training with staff 
and also personnel from the different agencies on that. So it's an app that you download on your smartphone. It's CapCap, C-A-P-C-A-P, and you download that. And uh, we've been... We've been encouraging individuals to download it. We did have a tsunami exercise in January in Bethesda. So we had tested that with individuals in Bethesda. And um, it's, it's an early warning system, so it warns you early of a pending disaster. Um, for those disasters that we, or those hazards that we can warn persons early about, that can be utilized. So we are encouraging persons to download that app so that we can have the system in place so that we can send early warnings to individuals throughout Antigua and Barbuda. Wow. Could you give that again? I definitely need to do that one. <laughs> cap, cap, C-A-P, C-A-P. Okay. And you download it on your smartphone. There are options that we can use in terms of the smartphone. Right now we're using the smartphones and email. There are also other options where we can use um, radio interrupters or television interrupters where we interrupt the national TV station or the national radio station or whatever station it might be. Um. And you get this message, this emergency message via that system. Great. Really advanced. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Thank you so much, Mrs. Francis, for accepting our invitation to have an interview with us once again. You know, I, I know for sure I can always count on you when it comes to nods. I know mm-hmm. I can call Mitzi and Mitzi, you will be able to just give us information or update us on certain hurricane disasters, whatever it may be. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Mrs. Francis, once again, for accepting our invitation to join us on Lighthouse Conversation. Okay, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in on our conversation. We trust that it was beneficial to you as you continue to develop a more meaningful life. Do you have a topic or a guest you would like us to have a conversation with for a future episode on Lighthouse Conversations? We would love to hear your suggestions. Send us a mail at Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. P.O. Box 1057, St. John's, Antigua, or Lighthouse, B-I-M-I, at gmail.com. Or give us a call at area code 268-462-1454. Or send us a message via WhatsApp or text at area code 268 782 Thanks for listening. Remember, you can hear Lighthouse Conversations Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. If you're in Antigua, you can listen at 92.3 MHz FM. If you're in the Caribbean, you can listen at 1160 kHz AM or listen online at www.radiolighthouse.org from anywhere in the world. Or you can subscribe to this podcast. 
Looking forward to having you join us next time. Bye-bye.